Welcome into the Talk of Tide podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, joined as always by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. And of course, you can get the Talking Tide podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. Catch us on Twitter. The feed there is talking underscore tide. And, of course, we are out there live on YouTube and Facebook as well. The Talking Tide podcast brought to you by Peter Brook, Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa. More on them a little bit later in the program. We are back again here for a Sunday nighter. It's going to be a, a relatively quick edition of Talking Tide, Travis. But, uh, you know, here on Talking Tide, Travis, we, we talk about it all, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. And uh, certainly uh, the baseball scandal surrounding the Alabama, uh, the University of Alabama right now qualifies, I guess, as both bad and ugly. We will delve into that a little bit. Uh, Not too much else to talk about. It's been a quiet week for uh, Alabama football and basketball for the most part. Uh, But uh, to kick things off, Travis, uh, just to kind of recap the facts a little bit, it's been – um, I guess it's been nine days now since the actual game that was uh, swirled in controversy, an Alabama LSU game, uh, an 8-6 LSU victory. A couple days later, uh, the Ohio gambling regulators and authorities uh, more or less take Alabama off the board with concerns about uh, some – uh, funny money, I guess, is the best way to put it. Going down Suspicious on that game activity, yes, as yes, the man uh, calls it. Yeah, uh, a couple other states followed suit. Uh, Kansas, I think, was one of them. Indiana, I think, was one of them. They weren't the only ones. I think there were a couple more. Uh, and uh, next thing you know, Greg Byrne announces a termination of Alabama head baseball coach Brad Bohannon. He had been. Uh, at Alabama since 2017, and uh, reporting, uh, credible reporting, in my opinion, uh, has Brad Bohannon on the phone with an acquaintance as the bet was being placed on LSU. It apparently happened at uh, the sports book at Great American Ballpark, which is where the Cincinnati Reds play. Um it's my and and uh, it's my understanding that there was a parlay actually placed that involved the Reds, so that would certainly make a little bit of sense. LSU to win uh, over Alabama, and of course, wh- what triggered this whole thing, Travis, is is that o- along with this, these phone records that tie Bohan into this bet and the timing of this bet being placed uh, an hour later. Luke Holman, Alabama's top starter, announced as a scratch he doesn't go, mm-hmm. uh, and Alabama goes on to lose the game 8-6. All right, those are the facts, all right? Opinion-wise, Travis, my first thought on this thing is you you, you feel terrible for Alabama's baseball players, for goodness sakes, what we're talking about here. And, and again, they're still yet – there are still some facts to come out. There are some details yet unknown. But at this point, it's fair to say that these players uh, are dealing with a, a betrayal of uh, of the ultimate magnitude, really. 
if what the reaction by UA was to the situation, and that was to dismiss Brad Bohannon, uh, is indicative of, of maybe some some things that this team has been dealing with. Wholeheartedly agree, but also give a lot of credit to those same players. I mean, it at the end of the day, it's it's not a situation you want any team to find itself in, especially from the player perspective. Or really, these assistant coaches too. I mean. You know, Jason Jackson, these guys, uh, give them credit for this past weekend. It's just been a surreal month or so because you go back to the Auburn series, the the game one of that right before first pitch, we learned of a lawsuit involving a former Alabama player against Brad Bohannon. Uh, Then as you go into Thursday's opener against Vanderbilt, uh, Brad Bohannon is relieved of his duties. I'll say this. These players handled it fine because they won the Auburn series and then they win the, they win the series against Vanderbilt. So again, Jim Jarvis, Drew Williamson, Andrew Pinckney, uh, Dom Thomas. Uh, it's a pretty veteran team too, in a lot of ways. So if, if this type of stuff was going to happen uh, and if these type of obstacles were going to be thrown in front of a team, uh, this thing, this team seems to be able to handle it and, you know, 11 and 13 in the league now after the series win over Vanderbilt. Who knows what else is going to come out like you talked about. I, I, I'm i with you. I, I, I'd like some more blanks filled in. Obviously, at a minimum, it's a horrendous look, you know, no matter how you try to explain it away uh, and how the connections can be made here in this day and age, whether it's video surveillance, whether it's are you on a UA issued phone doing this stuff? I mean, right. Come on, even Urban right. Meyer knew, you know, to, to it, it's it's just a rough situation. But again, I, I'm like you, I, I feel mostly for the players and I credit the players um, because that was a damn good Vanderbilt team. Uh, they took two of three from and a Vanderbilt team that they hadn't had much success with in the last, what, seven, eight years or so. And, and not many teams have. And Vanderbilt's been really good. They have. And, and, uh, what about Luke Holman, by the way? He was key with that win against Vanderbilt pretty much right when this scandal broke and Bohannon was out. Uh, Holman was on the mound, and Alabama took care of business against Vanderbilt, which I think is ranked fifth. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, it definitely a, a, a rally, a rallying moment for the Alabama baseball team. And, and you know, you got to wonder, too, Travis – Common sense tells us that the likelihood that Brad Bohannon got caught up in in this snare uh, the first time is unlikely, right? The likelihood is that this has been going on for a while, and who knows how many times, who knows for how long, uh, whether it's been weeks or months or or years, uh, but that's another element to this. Uh, and you mm-hmm. said, as you pointed out, there are some, there are some questions that uh, some blanks that we'd all like to have filled in still. One of them for me is how far does this go back and what else can be uncovered in, in, in terms of, um, you know, malfeasance or, you know, messing with games, messing with scores, messing with outcomes uh, on behalf of betters. Uh, if this is something that, if this is something that's been going on for years, the public deserves to know the players deserve to know the fans deserve, everybody deserves to know, 
if, if this thing runs deeper and, and it damn well may. Yeah. And, um, I, I guess when you put 200 K down on a baseball college baseball game, it'll attract a little attention or something in that neighborhood anyway. And, uh, that's, that's the great unknown though. I mean, what is this, this Bohannon's, this was his sixth year, I think somewhere in that neighborhood. Right. Um, so now you bring everything into question. How, how far back does it go? Um, but as much as anything, I, I still look at this team uh, from the player perspective. You know, they've won three out of their last four series in the SEC, even with all of this. So if it's been a intended sort of situation, it's been it's been sporadic. It would seem like and it, it's tough sport to bet on any. I mean, they all are. But um no, I mean, it's it, it, it it's just surreal, bizarre. I, I don't I don't really know any other way to describe it. And then again, as I said, this is a team that still won three out of the last four series, sitting there at eleven thirteen in league play. Um, got to go to Texas A and M coming up. Got Ole Miss in Tuscaloosa in the regular season before Hoover. Right now, this team is in great shape as far as RPI and those numbers for a regional bid. They're in right now. They're in Hoover. They're in the regional right now. Uh, it's it's just been that kind of season, it seems like, too, in the SEC in baseball. You know, right now, if the SEC tournament started today, Chase, the two teams that wouldn't qualify for the SEC tournament are the last two national champions. Mississippi State and Ole Miss wouldn't be in Hoover. <laughs> so I guess at the end of the day, nothing really surprises me anymore when it comes to SEC baseball. It doesn't get any crazier. Looking ahead for this Alabama baseball team, Travis, uh, they got a midweeker against Troy on Tuesday night. That'll be played in Montgomery at Riverwalk Stadium. Following that, they're going to be on the road in College Station taking on Texas A&M this weekend. That'll be Friday through Sunday, SEC Network Plus and SEC Network handling those broadcasts. And then, of course, uh, they take on the aforementioned Ole Miss Rebels, at home uh, to close out the regular season. That'll be uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the following week, which would be uh, May 18th through the 20th. Also uh, broadcast on SEC Network Plus. And then from there, of course, it's on to the SEC tournament and on to uh, presumably the NCAA tournament as well. I believe right now Alabama is projected as a, as a, a three seed to get things started anyway in the NCAA tournament. Uh, so it's not like they're going to be hosting anything, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's a tough situation for the players, tough situation for Jackson too, as you mentioned. Uh, but, you know, it, it also makes you wonder if Alabama uh, is, is maybe a little bit better team than we thought, right? Because if, if their success has been artificially suppressed by the head coach, uh, once or even more than once, then uh, we're, we're talking about a we're talking about a team that that might be a little better than people thought. We'll see. Yeah, and you start thinking about moves, right, from a Brad Bohannon perspective in game, especially and probably more so as far as how you're handling pitchers, and definitely the scratch of Holman uh, at LSU is, is one that, for obvious reasons, because it involved that specific game is under the, the microscope right now. But, you know, there was also a series um, at Missouri uh, 
you know, if Brad wasn't trying to push the buttons that he needed to to ensure or give his team the best chance to win, I don't think he goes for a nine-out save with Alton Davis the second in at, at Missouri a couple weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like, right. if that's your guy, which Davis is right now, the, the left-hander out of the bullpen, uh, as your closer – and you know you need SEC wins and SEC series wins in game one or game two of a series like that, you're going to stretch your closer. Um, he was trying to win that game. I know that because right. you don't go to Alton Davis for a nine-out save if you're just playing around a little bit. So I guess with Holman at LSU, it's eh. – but then there were some other moves that I, I recall he made. and and. you're always going to be criticized in retrospect for how you handle bullpen, how you handle pitching changes. That's just how it goes. And, um, but, but again, there were, there were situations where I felt like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to win this game tonight. And this was before all this with the gambling stuff came out. Yeah. And, you know, it's speculative suggests that, that uh, Bohannon might've been profiting from this. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't, you know, sometimes, when it comes to this kind of thing, Travis, uh, there could be favors involved. There can be threats involved. There, there, there can be quid pro quos involved, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not necessarily, uh, it, it's not necessarily always a money thing for the guy doing something wrong. It's obviously a money thing for whoever's placing the bet. Yeah. But um, you know, a lot can go into it. I know this. Brad Bohannon was making about a half a million dollars a year. Okay, so that's more than enough money not to need any money, unless uh, unless you're doing something you should. But be you doing know, and we know people. people we deal with. We both have known people throughout the years that. Not saying that Brad was in it to that extent, but people I've known personally that have gotten too far into it. Yep. It really was never about the money anyway. It ends up being about it at some point because you don't have it. Right. But, you know, to start with, it, it just, it's a competitive type situation. It's the, it's the adrenaline rush, all those things that go into play. And it's just interesting how college sports have come so far um, and how you can really bet on pretty much anything, <laughs> you know, I mean, at this point. So, um yeah. It's going to be fascinating to see how these next couple of weeks play out because Alabama 11 and 13 in the league, Texas A&M 11 and 13 in the league. So that's a big series coming up in College Station. Talked about Mississippi State and Ole Miss, their struggles. Mississippi State still took a series from Alabama earlier in the season. So when you look at Ole Miss at 6 and 18 right now in the league, like Mississippi State, you can't just say, oh, yeah. You know, if you just win one at College Station, you probably sweep Ole Miss. Well, maybe you can, but I don't. I don't think you can you can take anything for granted. The Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Sports Network brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier. Travis, tell us all about them. Peterbrook Chocolatier. You know, last week I sounded the alarm a week early. But you know what? I probably made some people look really good to their moms because they went ahead early and got that Peterbrook Chocolatier chocolate for Mother's Day because I always think of Mother's Day as being that first Sunday in May, well, it's the second Sunday. Fooled me May. for a week. Yeah, I know. Good friend. <laughs> He's sending me texts like, you You want to do the show Sunday? I'm like, well, I may have sounded the alarm. But hey, look, 
That just gives you more time. Peterbrook Chocolates here, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. All mamas love chocolate. And the best there is, is that Peterbrook Chocolates here. Tuscaloosa, Alabama, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Sports Network, the Twitter feed, talking underscore Tide. Uh, I quickly want to thank one of our fine Talking Tide listeners, big enough a fan of the show, Travis, that he donated this fine podcasting microphone <laughs> that you see here on YouTube, sent it my way uh, to improve sound quality. You've been cracked on, on the about show. the sound in yeah. the past, yeah. So uh, Alex T. Hop gets uh, credit yeah. for gets Big credit Al. for sending this mic this yeah. way to talk and dive. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how much better things uh, sound. Hopefully, a little bit more of a rich sound yes. coming from yours truly here on the podcast tonight and uh, forevermore. So. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, back in Travis. Not a whole lot to talk about as we discussed. Uh, uh, rough semester though let's face it for alabama director of athletics greg byrne travis you have the basketball scandal uh, and scandals a fair word certainly for what happened there you have a baseball scandal and scandal is a very fair word for for what's going on there uh some other issues kind of piled on this semester as well but overall um fair to say i think greg byrne will be pleased to get this academic year over and done with right and it's also a reason why, like coaches these days, you don't see AD stay in one place for 10, 12, 15 years anymore, do you? I mean, they, they no. move pretty good, too. And this isn't to say that'll be the case with Byrne anytime soon. But, um, you know, it, it has. It's It's been taxing, I'm sure. And look, you know, at the end of the day, how many other ADs have had to deal with a baseball coach situation like this? You know, I mean... And then None. obviously this the the horrendous of events involving um, the basketball team and the men's program. Um, I do think in some areas, especially with the 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 the, the basketball uh, scandal, UA could have, I'm sure, and even feels like in retrospect, handled some things differently. Absolutely, um, from an administrative perspective. From a um, PR perspective. Well, exactly. And I, that to me goes back to administration, administ right. how you administrate the, the situation. But um, they're, they're, they're literally, and is no playbook, no manual for, uh, for what has happened here in the last five or six months. So uh, you, you just hope that it's a, it's very much um, uh, an unwanted, un, unheated uh learning experience for some folks but yeah you said it uh he's ready to turn the page get this thing to get this thing to may june into the summer and look ahead to the 2023-2024 year how about as we close things out travis just a bit of good news montana fouts the alabama softball pitching ace uh, comes up with a perfect game of victory over ole miss a six inning perfect game uh six strikeouts in the performance for Fouts. Uh, can't say enough about her. Has not been a banner year necessarily for Alabama softball. I think they're 13 and nine in the SEC right now. They're used to being a little better than that in league play, but 
but Montana Faust, uh, Montana Faust with that performance, um, just continue. She's already as good a pitcher as Alabama's ever had, but but she yeah. continues to cement it in different ways. Yeah, she's at the top of the pitcher list for me, anyway. And they've had some great ones. I mean, um, Alexis Osorio, Jackie Traina, uh, Steph Van Brakel, Prothrow, um, you name it. Uh, it just it goes on and on. Now, to me, in softball, and probably even I think in baseball, some people do this, but the pitcher in softball is everything. It really is. So if you start making lists of greatest players of all time or program history, you're probably going to have to look at a pitcher. Although I'll say this, Kelly Creshman, if, if you want to talk about a positional player, uh, she's at the top. I mean, she's the all-timer for me in Alabama softball. And uh, again, another area where you've had just give Murph all the credit. And it's just been one great player after another. And, you know, it's kind of bittersweet. It's especially bittersweet because Montana's been this good for so long uh, that you start thinking about next year. And the part of the problem this year is that you don't see maybe the next Montana coming already on the staff for right. next year because, you know, they're pretty much a, a win. You know, they, they win two out of three in a league series in large part because of Montana. Um, they, they don't sweep because the – the gap between Montana and their two slash three is, you know, it's a wide gulf. So Sizable. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's great to see her do what she's doing right now, but it's concerning also. And, and that's understanding Murph's always had another one coming. That's one thing you can say about Murph. I don't know if it'll be via a freshman or maybe it's a transfer portal edition or two, uh, but Still, some time to, to figure that out and just uh, enjoy Montana Fouts while you can because it's a it's an all time situation. All right, that's a wrap here. As we said, an abbreviated edition of the Talking Tide podcast for Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News. We're coming to you from the Belly Up Sports Network, and we'll talk to you next time right here on Talking Tide.